Welcome to this week's edition of Trail Talk SA. I'm David Katz, Mr. Active, standing in for Brad Brown this week, and there's a reason for that. Uh, you can usually catch me on Run Talk SA. I hope you enjoyed another great topic this week, Tuesday. But it's Thursday. We're talking trail, and this weekend, I'm sitting out on by far my biggest trail challenge ever, the Montessorces Challenge, which is part of the old Mutual Wild series, and it's a great privilege to be doing this episode and to be chatting to the race director, Andrew Booth. Andrew, thanks for joining us today. Oh, thanks very much, David. Uh, it's great to be on Trail Talk and chat to you about this great race. Andrew, you take charge of not just the Montessorces Challenge. You do all the running events within the um, Wild Series um, uh, scope of races, which is now up to four. I know you guys have added the Cricket Canyon as well, and you've recently been scouting and, and checking out the route there. But uh, yes. that's coming up in, in October. Right now, it's Montessorces. This really is the big one, Andrew. Um, yeah, it's got so much history behind it, David. Um, it's one of the longest standing trail races in South Africa going into its 23rd year. Uh, monumental challenge, climbing all the way to the top of the Drakensberg. Um, and then back down uh, on a similar course. Um, so, so yeah, it, it is the big one. Um, it's actually my first Wild Series race as race director. I was only appointed in February. So I've had a long wait, uh, six months uh, lead up to it. Um, and, yeah, we're just dotting the I's and crossing the T's and, and making sure that everything uh, is perfect for race day at the moment. Well, Andrew, we've got some other platforms where we've chatted to you, and I'll put up the links if people want to know who you sort of are and what you do, but focusing on the Montessorces, I know it's a race that's close to your heart. What do you think is the real, what is it about this race that is just so special? Yeah, um, there's numerous things. The first is, is how long it's been around. You know, it was an idea that came out of a KZN wildlife 23 years ago to, to raise funds for the reserve, specifically allocate them uh, towards the theater vulture program. Um, and, you know, over those 23 years, there's, there's been a lot of history uh, developed and a lot of um, progression in the race. Wild Lins and, and Wild Series only got involved uh, in the early 2000s um, and, and from there developed their Wild Series. So, so really it is the, the base and foundation of, of Wild Series as it stands today, which, which yeah, so that puts it in, in, in quite a special place within Wild Wildlands it wasn't for this race, perhaps we wouldn't have any of the other Wild Series events either. Also, just the challenge that, that it presents, starting uh, um, at Royal Natal National Park, very well-known uh, World Heritage Site around the world. So it's a privilege to be actually running in these places. Uh, it's not easily done. You can't just simply host events in, in these places. There's a lot of protocol to go through. And, and then to climb all the way to the top of the Drakensberg, to take on the chain ladder to get to the top and then stand at the top of the Jigela Falls, which is uh, the start of KZN's biggest uh, river and, and look back over KZN before you, you start uh, the tricky descent back down. So all come together just to make an absolutely fantastic race. Andrew, a lot of people won't quite know the route. I've been privileged to do the hike twice, but we started at Sentinel Peak parking lot and you do the little bit to the train ladders, go look and then walk back. That's cutting out a lot of the route. To, to me, the unknown is up to Vitsi's hook, and, and I kind of know what's there. I don't think I really know what to expect. How hard and technical is that first 10 odd Ks getting up? You know, I mean, that's all proper through the forest and, and uh, up the escarpment to get up to Vitsi's hook. 
Yeah, uh, David, it is a well-established hiking trail, so um, there's no problems in terms of, of following it and staying on route. It is technical. Uh, you go through patches of bush uh, and then into patches of forest and then into grassland. You have to cross a few streams, uh, rocky streams along the way, which, which do provide some technical challenge. And it's continuously uphill. There's very little descent in those um, first 10Ks going up to Vitsi's Hook. So, yeah, you also, uh, at the start, you'll start within your batch. So it's, 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 there, it's quite a, a narrow start. Uh, goes into single track within uh, 500 meters or so. So you have to, if, if you're going, um, if you're racing hard, you've got to make sure that you're in a, a good position early on so you don't get caught up in the single track. Uh, equally, if you're chilled and you're relaxed, then, then um, you know, just to, to run within the group. But, yeah, everything's more bunched at the beginning. Um, and then it spreads out within the first few Ks because of that climbing. Climbing has that uh, effect on, on trail races. It spreads them quickly. Um, and by the time you arrive up at Vitsi's Hook, uh, people are, are well distributed. Some You'll perhaps even run a few of those sections um, by yourself, uh, something that I actually really cherish uh, when I'm trail running is to occasionally uh, be by myself and, and, and experience the trail uh, in solitude. But, John, yeah, no, it, it is a bit technical. Um, and you take a few notes on your way up because you know that you're going to be running back down, um, which can be done incredibly quickly if you get over technical terrain. But you go all the way up to Vitsi's is one of the big challenges, and a lot of people push it too hard. It's early in the race, and uh, a lot of people are very excited and tear out of the blocks to make sure they get a decent um, position into the single track. Uh, you start after a few hundred meters. Uh, and then kind of keep that pace and, and pant without really noticing how much work they're doing. Um, and that really catches up later in the race. So pacing out of the blocks uh, across the 13 case in the technical section is imperative. Now, talking about pacing, I mean, I'm coming as, in as a complete novice. I, I kind of have an idea. I've looked at the route. I know that it, it needs to be almost like an up comrades. You really have to hold back in that first but. As an average person, there'll be people who are going out to race hard. There'll be people who just want to finish and enjoy it during the time. As your average person in the race, what should they be looking to do? I presume, they be looking to do? I presume that first half, you've got to hold back and almost run, I don't know, five hours or four hours. Yeah, look, if you're just looking for a finish, hey, David, um, you know, you can take more than half your allotment of time to get uh, up to the top because coming back down can can be a lot quicker as long as you have something uh, left in the tank. And that is the ideal way to run the race, I believe, is to really conserve a lot on the way up. Even once you've gone past the T-Hook and then you're now on the, the road section, which is not technical. It's a little bit um, bumpy in places, but, but you can you can actually get into a, ru- a running rhythm as opposed to having to to to, to, to negotiate the technical se- section. So your road runners actually enjoy that section quite a bit more. Uh, your trail runners not so much. Um, but yeah, the key is even once you've got onto that section where you feel you can now run, is to hold yourself back. Is, is to, you're like climbing constantly and your highest point is over 3,000 meters. So that addition. A few internet troubles there, but we are back now with Andrew Booth, who is busy telling us about you reach. Andrew, you mentioned, uh, you top out at about 3,000 meters. Uh, yeah, David, and getting to those 3,000 meters is a challenge. You're constantly gaining altitude, obviously, um, and working your way uphill in the first half of the race. So expending too much energy while gaining altitude um, and, and even um, 
the, the gradient towards the chain ladder um, after about 20 k's gets gets quite a lot steeper. If you, if you work too hard in those stages of the race, um, you are going to pay for it later. While if you pace yourself carefully, get up to the chain ladder, spend your, your shirt three k's around the top there, um, past the top of the Jigella Falls, and, and really just, just maintain a, a consistent heart rate and, and not push it too hard, um, descend through the gully, which is a very tricky section, by far the most tricky section of the race, where there's a rope that one has to, to hold onto um, in, in places to actually get down. Um, but once you're through the, the, the bottom of the gully there, you know, now you're, you're dropping in altitude, the air's oxygen getting, supplies getting better, uh, you're mostly downhill. And, and if you've got something in the tank, then you can really enjoy those last uh, 20Ks back in and do them quite quickly, in, in fact. And then uh, you know, your the nature of your race will be a lot more enjoyable than uh, the runner who goes out too hard um, and perhaps starts to feel a bit queasy or ill at the top, uh, and then loses momentum and really struggles home, uh, even on the easier downhill section. So yeah, for me, the way to pace the race uh, and the times I've done it, I've always made sure that I've held back enormously uh, at the front and um, at the early stages, and then and then only. Picked it up, uh, the intensity up a little bit later. Yeah. Yeah, Andrew, basically just what I was wanting to ask just you, when you get on the top, it gets quite dry. There's, there's not much water up there. What is en route for athletes in terms of being able to top up with water? And, uh, is there any nutrition that's provided as well? Yeah, David, the, the race is very well provided for, um, there are tables uh, along the way, especially on the road section after Vitsensop. So your first 10Ks, you only have access to water out of the streams, which is very drinkable, no, no nutrition. Uh, and it's advisable to carry a bit of nutrition early on so your energy levels and sugar levels don't drop too much. Along the road, there's three tables. Um, so that's your time to really make sure that you, you get a lot of nutrition in and, and recoup nicely. Uh, and then once you pass the Sentinel parking lot and you're into the mountain, uh, part, so to speak. Um, there isn't, uh, there's no guaranteed nutrition. We have plans to set a table up at the chain ladder, but that is weather dependent. If the weather's too bad, unfortunately, we can't get our, our goods there. So there's no guarantee there. So leaving the sentinel parking lot to make sure that you've got enough uh, hydration and nutrition uh, is very important because being a dry year in KZN, there's no water on the top. Um, September, so we haven't had any rains yet. Uh, so you've got to have enough water basically to get to the chain ladder, up the chain ladder, uh, across the top and then back down, which for some people will take them uh, up to two hours. So you do have to make sure you are well loaded um, when you're leaving the sentinel parking lot. And then getting back there is always a great relief because um, it's a bit of an oasis to, to having worked hard through the mountain section to get back to that uh, nutrition and hydration. And then kind of going all the way back down the road, again, it's plenty full. And then those last 10 k's, um, again, only water back into the finish where you will be greeted with, uh, lots of different, uh, uh, nutrition and hydration options. Now, Andrew, obviously with road running, race briefings doesn't really come into the equation. I know with triathlon, it's a big thing. With a race like this, it's really important that people need to be there on the Friday evening to attend a race briefing, isn't it? Yeah, most definitely. Um, with any big race like this, uh, in the mountains, uh, of this type of distance, um, there's a lot of information, especially for a novice that 
that they can glean out of, out of the briefing that will prepare them a lot better going into the race. Um, the, the briefing takes place at 6.20 on Friday evening and will be full of information about taking on the challenge. Uh, a lot of the things we've spoken about today and also an opportunity to engage with the race team, ask us questions and, and really, so when you wake up on Saturday morning to take it on, you, you're comfortable with as much as you can be. Uh, uh, if it's your first 50k, there's obviously a lot of unknowns. Uh, but the more you, you do know, the more you can prepare yourself, the more you understand about the route, how it's marked, safety protocol, etc., uh, the better it's going to run for everybody. Um, and then if anything does go uh, wrong along the way for a runner, then they know exactly uh, how to react and, and, and how they can, can, can call us up uh, to help them. So, yeah, those, those race briefings are imperative. We've got to listen to them. You know, it's nice to chat to friends as well, but to actually really engage with the race fully uh, it's imperative to make sure that you, you're really listening and concentrating through that race briefing. Andrew, just as uh, basics, what should people be carrying? I know a lot of guys, I've got a pack, I'll be running with a pack. What do you guys recommend that runners carry on them during the race? Um, yeah, some some nutrition and hydration uh, are obviously imperative, and those are, are personal choices most of the time. Uh, then a cell phone is actually a very useful piece of equipment nowadays. Not that there is, there are comms all along the route, but if you do get into a, a really tricky situation, uh, to be able to communicate yourself back to, to, to the, the race headquarters, as opposed to have to find a marshal or a medic uh, who, who will be able to radio through, is always a, a very useful thing. So we recommend that, um, uh, all the time nowadays, as well as, uh, your, 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 uh, wet gear and, and warm gear, um, a space blanket, a whistle. Those are all useful things that if you do happen to, to twist an ankle or break a leg and you can't move, to keep yourself warm and to draw attention to yourself um, are, are, are very good things to have. Another interesting item that's coming up more and more uh, in, in South African trails, especially on the mountain soon, uh, are, are hiking, trekking and poles uh, for the steeper trickier to take a little bit of pressure off the legs and put it onto the arms. Some people have learned to use them incredibly effectively to scale up and even uh, descend mountains or a bit more uh, balance uh, on your way down. It almost acts like uh, an extra leg just to, to, to make sure that you don't fall over in some of those tricky sections. So there's a lot of equipment out there nowadays um, uh, for trail running, some uh, more valuable than others. But yeah, uh, definitely water, nutrition, hydration, cell phone, uh, and your wet and warm gear. Those, those are important. Well, Andrew, I thought you said it. We're going to say that it's a selfie stick that's becoming the craze for people to carry. But I suppose you could use a walking stick as a selfie stick. Thanks so much for that info today. I've got that nervous excitement that sort of started two weeks in advance, which is way beyond anything, even when I attempted Comrade. So really a lot of excitement, but also nerves, as you've pointed out. It really is a technical but an amazingly beautiful race. Thanks for your time here on Trail Talk SA. Brad Brown will be back next week uh, joining us as well, um, back on the podcast. And I'll put up the links to the Wild Series Montessors Challenge. So if you're thinking of doing it uh, in the future, that's where you can find the information. And it really is well worth it. Thanks to Andrew Booth. I'll catch up with him at the race. And thanks for joining us on Trail Talk SA. (laughs) 